I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. You know, uh, I am a man, and as a man, I like to make sure things are under, under control. I'm really not a control freak. I'm not that type of personality, I don't think. I'm going to ask my wife, maybe she'd beg to disagree. But um, I, in general, I think we all want to f- have some level of control, don't we? You know, um, that's why I don't like those um, self-driving cars. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, don't just, I want to control the situation. And the reality is that life uh, is oftentimes out of control. And I got to tell you, I people who don't know God, uh, that aren't rooted in, in something bigger than our, ourselves, I don't know how you do it. Uh, and so, I can't, you know, my, my encouragement is, Get rooted in God if you feel like, you know, things are just completely uh, out of sorts. But today we're going to talk to someone who has, has faced some situations where, yeah, I mean, things were out of his control. Um, and him and his wife have been through some some tough issues. And they went where I recommend, which is to God. Uh, Michael McAfee is my guest today. And he and his wife, Lauren, have a book that's available now. It's called Beyond Our Control. Uh, and and that's exactly what we're talking about. Michael is the president and founder of an organization called Inspire Experiences. He's also a teaching pastor at uh, Council Road Baptist Church, uh, and so he, he has some some spiritual roots to uh, rely on. Michael, great to see you on Life Today Live. Yeah, thanks for having me, Randy. Good to be back. So give us a little bit of an idea. I know you and I talked on the broadcast program that will air uh, soon on the, our out uh, broadcast outlets but uh, give us an idea of you know some of the things that that you and lauren went through that mm-hmm. really drove this home yeah well um my so my wife and i um are are pretty uh, we, we have a pretty typical standard story uh we've faced um kind of typical uh, i would say uh um challenges in life and uh, and the way that kind of the major challenge in our life was uh, around kids and so we we longed to have kids and in the same way that we expected marriage to happen and it happened for us and jobs and career and everything uh we expected kids to and it didn't uh we we've to this point had uh infertility that we faced for many years we actually started the international adoption process before pursuing kids biologically and so um that took it was supposed to take about three years it took about seven our first, our daughter, Zion, who we have. And then we brought Zion home from China shortly after we, um, uh, they ha- had an incidental fine and discovered a tumor on our liver that was cancerous. And so mm-hmm. um, we've had uh, adoptions fall through. We've had um, a lot regarding to, to kids. And that ultimately kind of led us to wanting to write this book beyond our control, because the theme we kept kind of coming back to again and again was we kept having to relearn the lesson that we thought we had control over things in our life and just assumed it in ways that the Lord time and time again reminded us, this is beyond your control. You you do not have control. Uh, There's things you can do to put yourself in an environment where kids could come. um, But ultimately, if they do or don't, that's up to the Lord. And, uh, And that's not just true for kids. That's true for uh, every area of life. So the book Beyond Our Control was us kind of processing both personally and theologically 
what what does it mean that we that life is beyond our control and how does that help us actually to have more intimacy with God than we would have had otherwise what um what you say sort of typical things and I know we all have you know things that's a little little different you know adopting a child from another country and then finding out that that she's got something a ch- child should never have um right. I mean we know these things in theory when we were yeah. raised in the church, maybe even teaching these things in the church about trusting God and things like that. Um, how hard was it when that was put to the test? Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, for, for us, it was just, um, uh, crushing, devastating. And so I, I say typical in the sense of like the, 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 we share a lot of our story and beyond our control, but it's not the hardest or worst, you know, like story of suffering, um, but I, I hope that in our story, what our challenges have been, that it it validates anyone's story, that we all have things in our life that just like crush us, devastate us. And so when, you know, we finally, after these like years and years of longing for a child, finally bring her home. And uh, like what we kind of share in the book is I, I felt like, okay, we've done our time of suffering. <laughs> you know, our time was this long extended period of waiting. Now we have our child. Now, you know, our family can really begin. And this new season. And, um, it was on the 50th day of having her that they said, uh, they were, um, again, l- looking for something else and instantly found this tumor and, uh, we're signing 24 hours later, we're signing papers mm. to like release that they can use. And I remember just my head spinning and looking at my watch going, how did we get here on this hospital bed? Yeah. And, uh, in those nights of praying for it, like, I remember I would hold her, I would kind of cradle her in my arm. I'd have my hand on her stomach when I would um, pray for her at night before putting this one-year-old to bed and just knowing that, you know, centimeters below my hand is this tumor that I'm just completely powerless to do anything for. And like you said, like as a, as a man, as a dad, as anyone, as a parent, like I just want to, you know, do anything I can for my child. And there's nothing. I just have to, you know, trust that the Lord, trust these doctors. I mean, just time and time again. And that's, where, I mean, I remember that when I was walking her through the hospital halls, carrying her to this surgery that I don't know what's what life looks like on the other side of. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, feeling like I could barely take steps and just like through tears in my eyes, just praying the, the old saying of like, Lord, I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know you're in control. <laughs> like, I know you hold tomorrow. And so just help me to get through today, you know, like help yeah. me to cling to that truth, even though I don't feel it right now. Um, as I'm, I'm laying my daughter, what felt like on the altar of just like, you know, Lord, what, what whatever you have for us, uh, help us to be in a place where we're ready to re- accept it and ready to receive it. Obviously now we know, like, praise the Lord, she's been in remission, um, for, for a few years and is doing well. Um, but, uh, but every time there's, even small things, uh, it, it has an effect on you. My wife uh, was supposed to be with us. She had to have uh, a kind of last minute uh, oral surgery for a, a, an issue with a, a cyst in her in her jaw. And Jeez. even just that, you're like, there's a part of you that's like, oh no, is this happening again? Are we starting this process again? And, and um, so anyway, it uh, it does something to you. It just kind of affects you. Yeah, so I mean, you know, we can quote the scriptures, be anxious for nothing, you know, and, and thankfully, we were given things to think about instead <laughs> because I, emptying emptying my mind just allows you know worry to run free but how do you not worry or have anxiety or what i, I guess you do i mean yeah. what do you do with that anxiety in those situations 
Yeah, right. I mean, like all you can cast all your anxieties upon him, knowing that he cares for you. I mean, like yeah. that's the for for me that was the um, having an understanding, and and I would have believed, I would have told you before that I believed that God was sovereign, that He was, you know, uh, in control of all things. And in many ways, I still know that, and in many ways, I still don't realize all the ways that I don't believe it. That <laughs> no, right. I I right. know that it's true. Right. But um, but I think. I think for us in this experience walking through it, it was just the the shift of surrender was it was the irony of surrendering the control that we never actually had, mm. right? Surrendering so that we felt like we were in control and just realizing we're not. And that ultimately, like the Lord has numbered our days. Like the Lord has already, he stands outside of time and knows all that's happening, this story that he's written in our life. And so in, in a sense, like, the script has been written for the life, the days of Michael McAfee. I don't know what all that uh, entails. And often it's taking turns. I really didn't plan on and wouldn't have picked for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, we're having this conversation right now. The home, the backdrop you see is not mine. We got word this week that there was mold in our house oh, and no. they are having to relocate us. And uh, for at least a month, I found out an hour ago on a phone call. And so we're in a, a temporary living uh, situation right now. That is very much beyond our control. Yeah. There is nothing that we could have done to foresee mold growing in, you know, in our, our ceiling and, uh, and so now we're we're figuring this out. And so, you know, I can either sort of spiral down into to pity of of like, you know, uh, which we do lament, like we do as we're here with our girls. My daughter's birthday is this weekend. And it's like, oh man, we had people coming over to our house yeah. for this party. And like, it's not that you don't um, lament. We, we have a chapter in Beyond Our Control where we talk about that, but it's also that you realize like, you know, when we recognize that, like the Lord, this was part of His plan. This was part of His plan for us, and so. Okay, well, what, do you, like, I'm, I'm going to challenge you just a little bit on that because. Bring it on. <laughs> I, 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 it, it, I mean, I can argue both sides of this, right? God is a good God. I think we have to start there. If we ever lose that, I think it all falls apart in, in so many ways. But we live in a, you know, a crap world in a lot of ways, and and. And so I, I wonder, you know, um, is is this, you know, we, we, does God allow, you know, nothing goes through, nothing happens that doesn't go through God's fingers first. Okay, well, then he's letting evil go through his fingers. And, and I don't want to get, and I understand this is like a longstanding theological argument, but where do you, where do you land on the, you know, my Pentecostal friends will say, oh, the devil's attacking me, you know. My Baptist friends yeah. will say, you know, it's a God's sovereignty. And and I think maybe all of them are true at the same time, and it gets very confusing. But where do you where do you land when, on some of this stuff where you go, I mean, is it is it just the fallen world where we live in, or is God putting this on me because I'm like Job when, when none of us are? But um, Or I don't know, where do you go with some of this junk that happens yeah. in this world? Yeah, I mean, where it... At, at the end of the day, in a, in a very brief Facebook interview, I mean, it, whether it's the Lord uh, ordaining or, you know, um, sovereignly orchestrating things that have happened, or if it's um, it, it's very much that if 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 people have, have evil things that are done to them by people or just as a result of the fall, things yeah. like yeah. that have happened to them, right. um, that regardless, like the Lord is sovereignly ordaining it to happen or at least allowing it to happen because he's 
omnipotent and he's all-powerful, all he could stop it from happening and right. not to. And so either way, like, what do you do with a God that would do that? Because that does seem like, doesn't that create a problem for you? Um, and the the place that I look to is the cross, mm. that ultimately that if at the cross, what we see is that God uh, did not even spare his own son who was sinless and is sinless, that yet placed the sin of the world upon him, that he himself was uh, tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin, that Jesus himself suffered, that he lamented at the death of his friend, that he himself had um, had had things that didn't go his way. And, 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 and so he wasn't spared from the sufferings of this world. And so if the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, is not spared of that suffering, and ultimately if God himself is going to place upon Christ the punishment for our sin, then we may not be able to, um, uh, this, Charles Spurgeon has this great quote of God is too, um, too wise to be mistaken and he's too loving not to be good. And so when we cannot trace the hand of God to know what he's doing, we must learn to trust his heart. And yeah. so that's ultimately what, what I'm kind of landing on is not that, um, oh, well, yeah, God's, God's in control. So I don't, I, I, you know, just kind of, you know, sappy, like brush things under the rug. No, 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 no. We need to like God gave us emotions. He expects us to lament. Again, Jesus cried at, at Lazarus's funeral, knowing he was about to raise him from the dead. Yeah. Like, of course, we should experience the emotion, but we can have confidence and we can have joy and ultimately intimacy with God. Because Romans 8, 28, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. That good is not just that, oh, things are better in this life. Oh, your house that has mold, it's going to be better once it's done, you know, getting, getting through it. That, oh, you know, you had to say goodbye to a son that you thought for a year was going to be with you forever. Well, that's, it's going to be better for you because you're going to have more kids or better kids. No, 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 no. No, the joy that we get, the better on the other side of the trials or the challenges of this life that are unforeseen are actually just that we get more of God himself. And so it may actually be a harder life, but it is a better life because you have more opportunity to have intimacy with God. Uh, I, I, I love that. Um, and I think you're exactly right. And I will, we're going to have to tell the story of your son here in a minute, but I want to tease people with that one. Uh, one thing I think that helps me um, mm -hmm. in in these, these difficult circumstances and and these questions, because understanding is sort of my thing. You know, if I don't understand something, it's hard for me to, to really believe it. But yet there's things we're not going to understand. And I understand that. But the, I think one of the biggest things, and you guys do talk about this, is, well, you know, an eternal perspective. In other words, this life is not all there is. In fact, it's very, very, very short compared mm -hmm. to eternity. And if God's ultimate goal is uh, conforming us to the image of Christ, Okay, now I understand some of the the rough stuff maybe in this life, the things that seem unfair, the things that I don't understand. If I go, okay, with an eternal perspective, I, I, it's okay to not understand, or it, the suffering has some redemption to it. Um, and that's something you guys talk about. What do you What do you see in that? Yeah, absolutely. That I so in my selfishness, I so quickly see you know take the um the life stage for us of wanting to develop uh, our family like to have kids in our family and it's like in my perspective my life is about me and so for god if god loves me then he is going to give me a family and give me kids and give me and so then when 
when that isn't happening, it's easy for me to say, no, wait a second, this isn't the deal. This isn't what's going to lead to my joy. When when our kids have, you know, our daughter that has cancer or, you know, quickly the story of our son, we, we were, as a private adoption, it's not a public or a uh, DHS situation. We, uh, birth mom chose us. We had a son in our home for a year. Through some unusual circumstances, after a year, um, he was removed from our home um, uh, instantly, uh, told to bring him and, and, and say goodbye forever. And so just a, a gut-wrenching goodbye that we're still lamenting, we're still processing and recovering from. And so um, if my perspective is my own longing to be a father being fulfilled, then like there is no like that, that, I only see the pain and not the joy that can come from that. If the perspective I have is is not only an eternal perspective that sort of like, you know, all of the of the uh, sad things are going to become untrue, but that even that um, in this life, that what's better for me is not to have my son Ezra. What's better for me is to have more of Jesus. And if in some ways losing a son and having the pain of having him removed from our family, if that gives me more of Jesus, that actually leads to a more joyful life, even if it's a more painful, sorrowful one. Mm-hmm. As I'm marking the the days and the, the years since we've had to say goodbye to the son that we thought we'd have forever. And so so that's the perspective shift is not just that, oh, well, somehow, you know, we look at the story of like Job or of Joseph where like. You know, we have this kind of redemptive story of things turn out better in the long run in their life. And we expect that that's what's going to happen in our life. And it may be that the Lord uses some things that way, but oftentimes he uses things and we never see kind of the payoff in this life. But what we see is the payoff in this life in terms of, of the opportunity to have more of Jesus himself, more of God himself who comforts and strengthens us in the midst of those trials we go through. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Judy, who's watching, who suffers from chronic pain, says, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind more of Jesus and less pain, you know? And I think we're, we're all right there. Yeah. Uh, and, you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, Job got everything restored and, and more, but it still didn't work out real well for his first kids and wife. I mean, you know, and even Lazarus, raised from the dead, died again, you know? So, I mean, there's... There's, it's often that pain that God, I mean, that's that Paul's longing for the thorn in his flesh, right? Yeah. Like that's what's so, it's the paradox. It's difficult, but the Lord is our comfort in it. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And I think that explains, you know, uh, blessed, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's not the mourning that we have any kind of joy or blessing. It's it's yeah. in the comforting. Um and that, that's a hard one to learn sometimes. We'll show people the book. Again, this is Beyond Our Control by Lauren and Michael McAfee, uh, available wherever you get books. Uh, and, you know, I, lessons from their lives uh, that may help you in some of your struggle. I, I always like to point towards some hope, you know, uh, in these difficult conversations. I'm not going to gloss yeah. over it. I'm, I'm pretty open and, and raw sometimes, maybe too much, but as you've gone through those things, these things and continue to walk out through, you know, some things, where do, where do you, where do you get the hope? And and I I know it comes from Jesus, but I mean, what are some of the practical things that you do to hang on to that hope? Yeah. um, I think first of all is, is that, I mean, it's primarily like I kind of mentioned looking at the cross, like being reminded that God himself, that the beauty of the truthfulness of Christianity is we don't serve a God 
who sort of is apart from us, like separate sometimes because we can't see him. It feels experienced that way. Mm -hmm. God entered into human history and has experienced the pain that we have experienced and loves us and did that not so that we could, so we could be those that, uh, that um, experience suffering, but those with hope. Um, and then secondly, it's just practically like a practical is surrounding myself with community that laments with me, but also like encourages me and strengthens me. And, yeah, I and think it's important. Yeah. To like having that church community has been so critical. And so I would just encourage anyone that um, to lean in to not just go to church, but to actually like you have to do the work of engaging with church even before the storm comes. Because uh, sometimes it's easy to just kind of attend a church and then storm comes and no one knows you. And then you're you're disgruntled when you didn't have the kind of support, but you weren't investing in life. Yeah. Invest in the life of your church community. Serve others that it, are in your sphere, uh, spheres right now that are going through a hard time. Um, and then when the storms of life do come your way, um, pray that you know you would also receive that comfort from a community back as well. That you know, and that's so true. And I'm actually going through that right now after moving and leaving a church after 19 years of trying to re-engage with with people and it is work. It is effort. And it sometimes it's a little annoying, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you, know, you yeah. got to find your people. And that means kind of going through some people. And in, in the sense that, you know, not, not everybody's going to be that, that close inner circle uh, and that's okay. Um, mm -hmm. One interesting thing. And I know that this is, this is something you again, talk about is in that process of the, the people, some pretty amazing things have happened when I've been willing to step out and, and pray with someone, maybe someone that I don't know that well. Uh, and I mean like, whoa, kind of things like, I, yeah. you know, just say a prayer, feel led to say a prayer. And, and that person like it hit them because I don't know that's going on, but God does. And by putting us together and engaging in prayer, God really does some amazing things. Uh, yeah. how much of that has, has walked you through some of your difficult times? Oh man, huge, huge. Yeah. Even, even, I mean, certainly when people pray for me, but like something that comes to mind is we, you know, the, the Sunday in between finding out Zion had a tumor on her liver and when they had surgery for it, um, we had to stay home because we had to make sure that we didn't, um, uh, get sick or whatever before she has this major surgery. Mm -hmm. And I had a, um, Clint, one of the pastors on our staff, uh, that serves with me, with me as an elder texted me and said, I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure you know this. I get emotional just thinking about it. He said, I'm sure you know this, but the uh, the altar at the church this morning was filled with people just praying for you guys, just lifting you up, lifting up your daughter, and uh, mm -hmm. knowing that others were in pain and interceding to God on our behalf. I mean, was not only, you know, is the prayers of the people that the Lord used to, to ultimately heal her. I mean, he used doctors and everything as well, but also I mean, mainly us to get us through those times when I didn't feel like I could take another step. Mm. Uh, wow. That's, that's good, man. If, if you guys are watching and you're struggling with things being completely out of control, I, I, I pray you would just listen, listen to Michael's testimony, find some people, godly people, engage in prayer, uh, and, and don't lose hope. Our hope is in Christ. He will not fail. Amen. And, and if I could just say word to encourage, if you're, if you're not there, if, you're, if you have capacity, like, not just to go when you need it, but like go now and like serve others. Cause that's, that's part of being the body is like, maybe you're hearing this right now. You're hearing this conversation that Randy and I are having.
because there's someone in your life you may not even know yet, but you may see them on Sunday and you're there to just encourage and pray for them. And so um, I know I, I can hear conversations like this and think about myself, but see yourself as going to be the hands and feet of Jesus to someone that needs it. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you got to lay that foundation now if you're going to lean on it later. I, I want to ask you real quick about this website, inspire.org. Give us a quick overview yeah. of the work that you're engaged in. Yeah, I'd love that. So uh, I'm I'm a product of meaningful, powerful discipleship moments, whether they be church camps, conferences, trips to Israel, Inspire uh, Experiences. That's an organization that I helped found. We do that primarily in Washington, D.C. We think you can have an Israel-like experience going to Washington, D.C., going to Museum of the Bible, going around the monuments, seeing where scripture is inscribed, hidden in plain sight around the city, and we help create discipleship moments for churches and families and schools. And so we'd love to host you for a, a one day or one week trip. And uh, you can get that information inspire.org. And uh, we'd love to love to have you come see us. Yeah, I love it. And that's a lot shorter flight to DC than it is to Israel. It is so, a lot less expensive. A lot, you know, right now, a lot of Israel trips are on hold. This is a, a great second trip. Yeah. Oh, I, I love it. Okay. Very cool. All right. The book is uh, Beyond Our Control. You can go to Beyond Our Control book dot what is that dot com yeah beyond our control book dot com uh follow up on that as well michael appreciate you being here I appreciate your testimony thanks brother thank you out there uh jesse judy uh all the other loretta i saw you out there i uh, appreciate you guys being here if uh if you know somebody that needs a little encouragement hit that share button uh, if you haven't liked or followed or subscribed depending on where you watch or all the places we're at do that now you'll get notifications of more encouraging interviews like this one see you again tomorrow here on life today live